Alex Edelman, Alex Edelman. Alex Edelman walked in here just months ago. A loser, a nobody. <laughs> Today, he has entered a returning champion, a star of New York stage and screen. He's been, he's on all the talk shows. Like, what if that was my new persona? <laughs> he walked in, a loser, a nothing, a nobody, a schmuck, a shlomiel, a shlom just the endless. And today he's still that, but people like his show. Hey everybody, it's Mike Birbiglia. That is the voice of Alex Edelman. <laughs> this is such a fun episode today. Because uh, it's the return of Alex Edelman. He was on the show in the fall right before his solo show, Just For Us, was about to debut off-Broadway. Uh, I'm presenting the show. I think it's fantastic. Um, since then, it's going into its uh, second sold-out run at the Soho Playhouse um, and then starting a new six-week run at the Greenwich House Theater. Uh, starting June 13th, tickets at Just For Us show... Um, we have a great chat. Uh, I'm in Chicago this week, by the way. For four weeks, I'll be at the Steppenwolf Theater. Last night, I did my first show. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, it's the best acoustics, the best lighting, the best theater team. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're anywhere near Chicago, come check out this show. Then I'm going to Los Angeles for the Netflix Festival for one night. Then I'll be at the Taper, Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles for the month of August, doing the show in its full glory with lights and sound and design, and uh, I'm so excited. There's a few tickets left for my shows. I'm doing three in London at the Leicester Square Theater. I'm doing one night in Paris. We'll see if anyone shows up to see me in Paris. <laughs> same, same goes for Iceland. Um, I've, I'm, some of these I'm just going because I really want to go to these places and see if anyone will show up and see me do my old man in the pool show. I'll also be at the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor, New York this summer in the Hamptons uh, for one week in July. All of that's on burbigs.com. Join the mailing list. Um, what can I say about Alex Edelman? I think he's a fascinating storyteller, hilarious person. He was recently on Colbert and Seth Meyers, and he's just running the table of, of really doing it up in New York City. He just got nominated for an Outer Circle Critics Award uh, for his solo show, just for us. Enjoy my conversation with the great Alex Edelman. It's very rare that on this show, I'm able to speak to someone who has had a meteoric rise and I speak to them right before it and, and right in the middle of it. It's very rare. Um, on this show or anything, really. I always joke with you about this, um, but I've said, but you know, I have been saying it to you since we started working together that like the word dayenu, which in Hebrew means it would have been enough. And like, it's part of a, it's part of Passover, the holiday that we're cur currently in as we, as we record this. And, um, and so like, there are a million different little things where like, well, if just I got to do a solo show in New York produced by Mike Birbiglia, it would have been enough. If just, you know, Steve Martin came and Jerry Seinfeld came, it would have been, you know, like those things are, so like these things are constantly little things, but also I still have to go to work. Like I still have yeah, a show yeah, to do true. every day. And also the show, to some extent, there is a little trade-off, like to every, there is a, you know, there's a Faustian aspect to everything where like, I have to, like, 
if the show was totally obscure, then I would, then like, I'd actually have a little bit more freedom to tinker with, you know, to tinker with it creatively, but like, I'm still making those, you know, like those tinker. The point is I still have to, I still have to do the work, but it is also my wildest dreams come true and I can't believe it. And like every day I wake up thinking like, oh my God, how lucky am I that I get to, to, you know, to do it. But this is, this is a funny thing about the catch 22 of sort of Broadway off Broadway is like, you do have to like keep your body in like good condition to talk oh, yeah. for 90 minutes a night I've, to people? I have never, I'm just like, I tomorrow I have my second visit with a speech pathologist <laughs> and I had COVID and I had to check to make sure the problem after COVID was in my lungs instead of my throat and the problem might indeed be in my, so like, and I do vocal exercises right before I go on stage. I do them twice a day, like, and I would have laughed at like, you know, and I've stopped eating like dairy before the show. Like it's this yeah. kind of stuff that I would never have thought about. And like, it is really, you're right. Like it, it, someone's like, you're like an athlete. I'm like, let's keep it in perspective. There's a thing that I've been working on for my show, Old Man in the Pool. And I find myself, which is essentially the 25 word pitch. It's always over 25 words, but this is there's a thing I read once, which is like that Steven Spielberg says that like any great movie or show or whatever it is, you could do a 25 word pitch or else it's sort of not a movie. Yeah. And so what I would say is like, what's your 25 words on just for us? And you can go over because nothing's 25 words. Um, <laughs> it's a, boy, weirdly no one's ever asked me this. I mean, like the, it's an examination of my own Judaism when that Judaism is removed as far as possible from its natural habitat and placed in a different environment. And that different environment is a meeting of white nationalists. So That's I went, pretty good. Yeah. So I went to a meeting of white nationalists in uh, Long Island City, or in, like Queens. And then eventually one of them was like, sorry, this guy's a Jew. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Jew. And like, that's basically the, that's basically the- <laughs> That's the short version. <laughs> yeah, that's the short version of the show. But also, by the way, the 25 word, the 25 word pitch for so many, like, you know, like- uh, like the 25 word picture of the Godfather is what? Like a man is given an offer he can't refuse. Right. You know, like there is a, there is a different. Um, and also Steven Spielberg, by the way. I mean, what some, is of, some of those are three word pitches like, whoa, sharks. <laughs> yeah. I also like the idea of like trying to reduce everything. Like Castaway, a man takes a trip, you know? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. A, <laughs> Bad flight. <laughs> um, but what's, let me counter and go, what's your pitch of my show? Maybe that's better than what I have. A man takes a swim. No, 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 no. The, sharks. Yeah, sharks. Whoa, sharks. Whoa, sharks. <laughs> yeah. A man takes a swim. But you know, the, the thing, but it is interesting because if you said to me, what's, what is Mike's show about? Mike's show is about um, the battle that we all go through, which is, especially as we get older, which is the battle with our own health. Mm, that's interesting. Like, never, yeah, I never thought of it that way. So, so I find it helpful to do the 25-word pitch. A lot of creatives listen to the show, so I always sort of hang a lantern on anything that's a creative process. But it's mm -hmm. like, I find it helpful to do the 25-word pitch at different stages of the process. Sure. Because like you're saying, like you were saying earlier, sometimes certain things are different uh, a year into the process than they are three years into the process. And sometimes you're, you do your 25-word and then you go like, I don't know if this show is, I think it's veering too far away from the 25 word. Yeah. Or 
In the back of your mind, I've had this four or five times over the course of this process. It's always extremely humiliating every time internally. Um, is where someone gives you a note, and in the back of your mind, you go, "That's because that piece doesn't work because the piece never really belonged in the show." I just witnessed something. Sorry to interrupt. You just stuttered out of the side of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You tried to do a side of your mouth talk, but, and then you stuttered while doing it, which but, I've almost but, but, never witnessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real. Uh, when I talk <laughs> out the side of my mouth, I have a real speech impediment. <laughs> You know what's weird? I can only talk out of the side of my mouth, out of this side of my mouth, because I have a fake tooth on this side. Oh. So I can't go wow. the other way. And once I was trying to do it in a social setting, and my my uh, my cousin uh, my cousin Jason went, what's happening right now? Oh, my God. All I'm saying is this, is this has happened to me four or five times over the course of uh, the process of doing this show and actually pretty much every other show, which is that you have a thing that gets big laughs or that you really like or something yeah. and you really want it in the show, but it never belonged to the main thing. Yeah. And you try to tie it together with some tenuous scaffolding, but it never really belonged in the show. So at some point it's slated for execution. And as the, you know, and it keeps getting reprieves from the comedy Supreme Court in your head. Yeah. But like eventually it just gets noted by the right person or, or at the right time you come to grips with it and, it, and it and it winds up getting cut. And so like having your 25 words, what the show is about can also be if you have the courage and I haven't, most of the time I haven't had the courage, but like if you have the courage to actually make the cut that you know is necessary, that's a, you know, your 25 words will help you be like, what's your show about? And then, you know, say your 25 words and then go, okay, great. Does each piece of my show, is it relevant to the 25 words yeah. that I, and if, if, if you think it isn't, then cut your piece. And if you can't cut your piece, then maybe readjust your 25 words. This is a new slow round question. Can you think of a time where you were so scared you ran away physically? Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, from several dates. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I would cut it short and be like, I'm sorry, I have to go. Or there was a girl- And then you like, jog. I would literally like <laughs> go, can I? I was, um, I was on a date with this woman and I didn't like, and it felt like she thought she was maybe like entitled to me. Okay. And I was like, I have this little suspicion. And also she was older and I was like 21. And it just was like, I, some point I look over and I see her texting and I'm not a reader of other people's texts mm -hmm. generally, but she went, Hey, just about to fuck this twink. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm no, so let's sorry. Slow this down. Let's it's slow this so down. gross to say. Let's slow this down. Out loud. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take a deep breath. We're going to tell different stories today on the I, show. I am so We're not sorry. Gonna tell this I'm story. You've been begging me to tell this story on this show. <laughs> no, 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 for, please. For, since we started the podcast <laughs> no, 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 two years don't ago. Do this. Don't do this, Mike. Please don't do this. And you know, I said, like Alex, please red. don't tell this story. And you keep insisting again and again and again. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's so graphic. It's no, just, I, it's I, I'm stuck with me. just kidding. This is great. I know, it's a great story. I know. It's, it's a great story. 13 years ago, and I never forget where we are. I don't. I remember the brightness on her screen. I remember like exactly how bright the Wait, screen was. You're telling me you saw that on her screen, and she didn't mean for you to see that. No. Holy cow! Yeah. Oh my god. 
I'm sorry. It's so graphic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm sorry to people listening and watching. If, no, no. if, if it's if Peter unsubscribe and like, for sure. I'm really sorry. Unsubscribe. I just you asked me a time I was so scared. And if like you're in the comments on Apple Podcasts, just write five stars and then write. I definitely give the show five stars, with the exception of that one Alex Edelman story where he's called a twink and then he reads a text message by accident. Yes, it was it was so graphic, and I just thought I'm not doing this. Oh and but also there have been moments like I have. And then courted, you ran away. I literally. The end of the story is you run away. I said I have to use the bathroom, and then I left. Oh my gosh, really? Where were you? Cafe or something? Restaurant? I was at I was at this restaurant in London called the Groucho Club. This is a this is a new slow round question. Really good nickname you've gotten in your life. Really bad nickname you've gotten in your life. Oh my god, Yamaka boy. Oh gosh, really bad nickname. How dare they? Yeah, I Yamaka really hate boy. it. Boy, it's amazing how like with nicknames, it's, <laughs> it's a like bad the one. Simplest wins somehow. Yeah, like, that's so simple because you wear it because you wore a yamaka and they're like yamaka boy. Which was shortened even more insultingly to YB. Oh God! And there's YB. this guy, yeah, YB oh, for Yamaka God. boy, and it's so. And the funny thing is, there's <sighs> a guy, the guy who gave me that nickname, doesn't understand why he's not more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. He's I love like, that. he'll be like, I love that. He'll send me a text and be like, YB, why aren't you answering my phone calls? Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. the answer is in the question. The answer is in like, the question. Like, leave me alone. That, by the way, literally, what you that's the joke. Yeah. You yeah, gotta yeah. do that on stage. <laughs> the answer is in the question. I think that's the punch, that's the punchline. I mean, like everything the setup is the nickname, the punchline is he's more in my life. The the tag is like the answer's in the question. Uh, I think that's done. It really That's is done. The, okay. Anyway, Yamaka Boy was my Yamaka Boy. And, was, by, and by the way, I want to I want to open this up because this is the first time we've, we've debuted the slow round question of nickname. Yeah. And I want to point out that when we talk about this, we're not endorsing the nickname. No, 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 I'm no. I'm not no. endorsing endorsing YM. YB. YB. Yamaka Man. I would love that upgrade. <laughs> Are you kidding? I would have killed Yamaka Man's almost the Jewish superhero. <laughs> Yamaka boy yeah. is a shitty sidekick. We're working it out. We're talking it through. I, don't be cruel to people. Don't be mean to people. Don't give me nicknames. Don't, by the way, this is a good rule of thumb. Don't call people things they don't want to be called. No, absolutely Just not. That, that's a good, they, whenever people talk about the she, her, the, you know, the pronouns, all this stuff. It's like, like, just call like, people just what call they, they want to be called. Want. It doesn't matter. Stop it. This is not something I've ever admitted before. For my middle school yearbook, they went, what nicknames do you have? And I put down like 20 nicknames, yeah. none of which I had, but all the ones that I th thought were cool. And sure. I can't remember any specific ones, but my dad looked at the page and he went, no one calls you any of these. And I was like, but it'd be great if they did. Yeah. What's your favorite joke joke? Uh, oh my God. This I is love, new to the slow round. I love joke jokes. <laughs> joke jokes that people don't know are jokes that don't belong to neither Alex nor I nor anyone in the world. No. They're ha they, um I found they're, one in they're public domain. There there are uh, can I can would you would you let me submit two? Please. Uh they're both Jewish jokes. Okay. One is this guy dies and he goes to heaven. First of all, my favorite jokes are ones that can be expanded and you can put things in and make it like a little story. Like the aristocrat. 
Like the aristocrats or like Norm Macdonald used to do with the moth joke. Yep, yep. And this guy died. And for expediency's sake, I'm not going to do it. But in, this guy dies and he goes to heaven and he meets God. And when I tell the story, when I tell the joke, he meets God. They're waiting in line for frozen yogurt. There's a hold of it at the front. But, you know, like he meets God and, he, and he's like, oh, God. God's <laughs> like, hi, Mark. And he's like, oh, I, I'm such a fan. Like, thanks for everything. And, you know, peacocks are amazing and all this stuff. And God's like, it's nice to meet a fan. And uh, they're there, and the dynamic has been acknowledged, so it's a little awkward, actually. And then the guy says, um, God? And God's like, yeah, man. And he says, do you want to hear a joke? And God's like, oh, sure, I love jokes. And the guy tells God a Holocaust joke. And God goes, you know, I have to tell you, uh, I don't find that joke funny at all. And God goes, or, and the guy says, uh, wow, um, I guess you needed to be there, huh? Oh gosh. <laughs> isn't that Oh my gosh. Isn't that like the best joke? You it's a novel. I guess you needed to be there, huh? Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. But it's, it's not it's, not it, funny. It's written all. by Eli Wiesel in nineteen <laughs> now. Um no, it's uh, it, no, that's a good that's a good joke joke. Can you tell the one you told me one recently that I really like. The for one kids. for kids. For kids, for kids. Oh, I love, so a joke for children, like it's uh, you go, what's a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? And then the kid will say R. And you go, <laughs> you'd think it'd be R, but tis the C that he loves. Oh my God. Isn't that a great, great joke? It's perfect joke. It's, it's for, any joke that joke works jokes, for a kid. Joke jokes are good. People groan at joke jokes, and I I submit to you, groaners, that oh. you're you're not enjoying your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that joke is funny. I'm sorry. It's a great joke. And the other one that I love is this: these two Jews are walking by a church, and there's a sign outside that I says. I prefer if you don't use the word Jews, but okay, we'll, fine. We'll get, we'll get these two kikes are walking by oh a church. And, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> these two Jews are walking by a church, and there's a sign outside that says. Uh, convert to Christianity, four hundred dollars. And the guy's like, "I'll convert to Christianity, four hundred dollars." One of them says to the other, "He's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do it." And his friend's like, "You're not going to convert to Christianity." And he's like, "I know. I'm going to do it. But why not?" And he goes in, and he's in there for three hours, five hours, six hours, and he comes out finally, and he's wearing a new suit with a bolo tie, and he's eating a ham and cheese sandwich. And his friend goes, "Did you at least get the money?" And the guy goes, "Huh? You people? Is that all you think about money?" That's funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, I love that one. Sorry. I'm not going to go on record with laughing about a stereotype, but uh, no, it's not. A, it's about Jews. It's about Jews being being like so quick to shed their Judaism. <laughs> it's about Jews who desperately don't want to be Jewish. The the desire to assimilate. So How much quickly. more do you want to put on the cutting room floor? What? How much more of this do you want to put on the? Yeah. Cutting room sorry, floor? sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My question for you is. And I, I, I'm only comfortable asking you this since we're friends. It's like, what's the worst you've ever felt when someone, not online, said something anti-Semitic, but like in person? There, I dated this girl. I tried to put it on the show, and if I'm being honest, it just didn't fit, and it wasn't fun. I dated this girl. She lived on the Upper East Side, and I moved there after college, and we dated, and she worked in a very fancy clothing store on Madison Avenue, cl folding clothes. And I met her at a bar and I really liked her. And uh, I thought that she was Jewish for some lazy reason. 
And she really was not like, and she was not just like, not, she was waspy and like, she had some, she had a name that was very distinctively not Jewish. Okay. But for some reason, we're at dinner with two other people or at a bar. And I mentioned, I was like, well, did you have, you had Pesach growing up or you had Passover? And she went, I'm not Jewish. And she's like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. I'm not Jewish. And I said, okay. And then we're walking and it's, and we're outside on the street and it must've been around Christmas. Cause there was one, there was a whole street full of like Christmas lights on the Upper East Side one of the blocks between like second and first Avenue. And she said, you know, I'm not Jewish. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And she went after a pause, she went, you know what, actually, I really hate that you're Jewish. Oh gosh. And I said, what? And she went, it's your whole life. She went, it's your whole life. And all the things that you struggle with would be different if you weren't Jewish. Like that I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, and then like, it was, I kept dating her. I kept dating her for like a couple, we went on a couple more dates. And like, eventually she did something like, that like was clearly like the end of the relationship. And I tried to actually put it in the show, but it wasn't, it didn't belong. And I didn't feel like reliving it every night. But that was not fun when someone was like, she actually was like, it bothers me that you're, cause it validated all of my fears about like being Jewish meant that like, there were certain things that were closed to me because I was like, well, I'm too, not that anyone would be like, you're Jewish, you can't be here. But just that like, there were certain social graces or attitudes or, or, or personality traits that I wear on my sleeve that meant that uh, certain people from a different, you know, like part of society would, would I, I would just never be able to learn or have, like I wouldn't have the decorous, like I wouldn't have the decorum to be, to be part of uh, whatever, but like, you know, that was the anti, that anti, like that is, I would classify it. My therapist recently was like, that's anti-Semitism. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's textbook anti-Semitism, but that really hurt my feelings. And that was, um, that was really sad. And also I liked her. So, sorry, that's what's, very long, you know. What's strange about it is that the ultimately what, ended the relationship was when you saw her text that says I'm about to fuck this twink. <laughs> You'd think that anti-Semitism would uh, make you leave, but then you <laughs> stayed until that weird twink text. Yeah, I was reading her phone and she was just like, about to fuck this, <laughs> about to fuck this yarmulke twink. <laughs> yarmulke boy twink? Yarmulke boy twink. Oh my God. Sorry, it's so Y-B. earnest. It's so earnest. YBT. Working It Out is supported by Masterclass. We are thrilled to be supported by Masterclass. It's a streaming platform that makes it possible for anyone to watch or listen to hundreds of video lessons taught by more than 150 of the world's best. So, for example, Working It Out listeners might be interested in filmmakers or writers like David Sedaris, Issa Rae, Martin Scorsese, Warner Herzog, Malcolm Gladwell, and more. Margaret Atwood teaches creative writing. Amy Tan teaches fiction, memory, and imagination. That sounds fantastic. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode, or in the app, or on their site, the quality speaks for itself. 
This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash burbigs. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash burbigs. Masterclass.com slash burbigs. Offer terms apply. Working It Out is brought to you in part by GameTime.co. That's not GameTime.com. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. GameTime.co is a, a site where you can get the best tickets for events, sports events, concerts. This is a thing that I'm obsessed with. I don't know about you, but I'm very experience-based, especially if I'm bringing my family. I just want to make sure that the seats are good and I can see everything. And I just think this is a great site. It's an amazing interface, last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code WIO, that's for working it out. That's WIO for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code WIO for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Oh, okay. This I thought was so fun at the Comedy Cellar the other night. It was like a classic example of a working it out in real life. You know, I try to explain this show to people who've never heard it before. Mm -hmm. And I go, we work out jokes, me and comedians, other comedians work out jokes, other creatives. And it's kind of hard to describe, but it actually exists in real life. So here's an example of a joke that I had. And I told it to you, and you tagged it. Yeah. And then my yeah. friends, I told the Zar that version to my friend Zarna Garg, and she tagged it. And then I told that version to Ryan Hamilton, who's a funny comic. Also, sure, sure. all these people are very funny comics. And then he tagged it, and it's this. The other day, <laughs> my daughter Una, who's seven, goes, "Dad, your teeth are yellow." And I go, "Well, I'm doing the best I can." And she pulled out a cat puppet, and the cat said. <laughs> Those are the yellowest teeth I've ever seen. And now I'm getting it from all sides. And I start I, I, I start thinking, like, I want my daughter to be funny, but I don't want her to be an insult comic or a ventriloquist. And then I start thinking, how long has she been thinking that? And then Ryan Hamilton goes, long enough to write a one-act play about it. Uh, but up until now, she didn't have the puppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so your tag was ventriloquist, which is great. Zarna's tag was how long has she been thinking about this? And Ryan's tag was didn't have the puppet. Yeah. One act play didn't have the puppet. But it's a great example of like, I I truly, truly, truly believe that that comedy is this way, and I think most art forms can be this way based on visual, yeah. visual artists who I'm friends with and and theater artists I'm friends with, film. Like I said, David, you know, I you know, David Chase sort of takes notes and ideas mm -hmm. from every, everyone on the set. Is like all of this stuff that we're doing is, it's you and your friends. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And it's just a matter of whether or not you give credit to them. Oh, I always, <laughs> I always try to give props. Because also, like, I don't, you know, I want to constantly be like, this person helped with this, this person. Also, I didn't know the story that I was telling was going to be a show until a bunch of people were like, that's comedy. Yes. Danny Jollis, Morgan Evans, Chloe Evshin, a whole bunch of different people were like, that's a show, that's a show, that's a show. But by the way, that joke, I have a thought about that joke. Please, yeah, it's not done, it's not done. First of all, ventriloquism is so degraded as an art form that you could say like, 
uh, like she gets the yellowest teeth I've ever seen. Yeah. And you go, oh no, I'm raising a ventriloquist. Oh, that's true too. Like that would, that's a shot at ventriloquism, but like it's still a very, it's then like. you'd lose the insult comic part, which I like the yeah, insult go, comic or part because an, it's a, a one-two punch. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And it you builds can, to ventriloquism, I think, in its current state, which I like. I think a thousand percent. I'm just like, the. In, I'm saying that insult comedian is less degraded than ventriloquism. So if you said ventriloquism, you could get the pop of a punchline on ventriloquism and then go, or an insult comic. And then like, and then go off. But I think you're right. I think the way it's the way it is now is better. Yeah, I always try to go. If I think about that joke structurally, it goes, "I want my daughter to be funny." Is the setup? Yes. I don't want her to be an insult comic. Is the punchline, and then or a ventriloquist is the tag Topper, that yeah. actually is secretly the biggest punchline. Sure, but you're you're right, and like also the, building to it. And then I was thinking, you have a second thing after that. Right, and then the what? Then the how long she been thinking it? That sort of, a, that sort of, I would describe that as like a flourish or like a digression on it. But wasn't there a second insult as well? Oh yeah, there was another insult. Which was, oh my god, sorry I to just be like. This. Also, isn't there another yeah, humiliating yeah, yeah. instance? <laughs> no, it was. Uh, she goes, Dad, you should wear a hat. I can see the skin on your head, <laughs> on top of your head. And then I wanted. I, what I think would be funny is if you're like. And then I really missed the cat puppet. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Because that really took the edge off. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The news is the insult is softer when it comes from a puppet. Oh, that's a great one. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I just wonder if it. Yeah, I'll, I'll see. I'll see how it goes. Of course. I, like it, people can't see this. It's an audio, but it's like, like I always think of jokes in terms of like it's like an arc, it's like an arc. So it's like you're yeah. going up, sort of the arc of it, and then. If you peak at a certain point, you're like, all right, I'm off to the, I'm on to the next topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. That sort of buys me the interest in the next topic. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's almost like you're peaking their interest with how funny it can be. And then they're like, okay, well, I'm on, I'm up for the next one. Yeah. And then I feel like if you do the thing about skin on top of your head, it might be 80 percent of what the joke before it was. And if it is, I just cut it. Sure. And I, I, by the way, I have but a bad- But it's funny, it's funny. But I have a bad comedy habit sometimes where I will say the idea and then it leads to an act out. Yeah. And the audience is like, no, we, we, got the, we laughed at the idea. <laughs> right. And the act out <laughs> is illustrating the idea that we already know. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I, like, we don't have to, you don't have to, you know. I had like a huge discovery about that in DC this weekend. I was doing the old man in the pool and, and there's a, a piece of text where I talk about this old man in the locker room when I was a kid and I call back to it later in the show. And there's this moment where just my sitting on the stool and the posture I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. the audience didn't need me to say, it's the old man from earlier. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. when I realized that, I was like, oh my God, great, yeah. less words. And also with you can evoke something of the physical reaction, it's a masterclass touch and audiences love to be let in on a- Masterclass and it's also just lucky. Sometimes you get lucky and you go like, oh, okay. Can I proffer a joke? Please. Can I proffer a joke? Can I proffer? Would you submit to a joke? How, how dare you make this such an erudite podcast? Can I proffer a joke? Let's see. I'm desperate to, I, I want to do this thing. Like there's a thing that you do about healthy food and, yeah, and, yeah. and unhealthy food. And I had something that was such a similar area for years about salads, about the expensiveness of salads. Oh yeah. And about how like, I'm, my girlfriend's like, you need it. My girlfriend is always now like, what's the color of your pee? And I'm just oh. like, what? And yeah. she's like, what's the color of your pee? Your pee needs to be 
clear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, well, oh my God. the opacity of, and like also just, well, it's, you know what sucks? I, I'll never be able to do any parenting material because you ate the whole cake on parenting. No, as I didn't. Far as, you Not ate a, close. You ate, a close. you ate some really, maybe I'll feel different, but also like watching my health now is a huge part of my life. And I'm like, well, Berbigli is eating that cake too. But like, I won't even, I won't even, uh, I won't even try with, with, with this one, but I had a thing about the cheapest way to get a salad now is to go into a McDonald's, buy 10 hamburgers off the dollar menu, throw away the buns, throw away the hamburgers, throw in all the lettuce and the tomato, mix it in with some honey dressing, and voila, $10 salad. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're basically working with a dollar menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the idea you're is maximizing like- maximizing the dollar menu. Uh, and Gary Goldman has a joke about avocados are so expensive, they sell them by the each. <laughs> that's, Sell them by the each. That's the problem when you oh, when so you good. love comedy so much oh. that almost every topic in your life someone has a great joke about. So you always have to find, um, like even the thing that I was telling you the other day about like I was in Chicago and my phone had died and I needed directions in the pouring rain. But then I'm just this man in the pouring rain going up to people being like, "Can you give me directions?" Oh my god, yeah. And it's a little like the John Mulaney the joke. Mulaney bit in the that. subway, yeah. But it really is like, fuck, do I have now any I'm jokes? He's like, he's like, now I'm chasing this woman. Or yeah. Something like that. Being like, I'm not going to rave you. I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a boy. Is the thing where it's, ugh, it's so hard to. I always have that. Like, I had that the other day where someone said to me, like, I have a WebMD joke in my show. And they go, and mine is totally true. I go, when I had all this, all these conditions, like, I went on WebMD, which I don't recommend. I yes. go, and if you do go on, don't uh, read all of it because I think it's infinite. I think the more you you scroll, the more they type. <laughs> they, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's and, one of my favorite. And, and it's new. It's new in yeah, the it's show. It's new, and someone pointed out, they're like, well, there's a lot of like memes about WebMD. And so I look, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I look up what the memes are, and I'm like, it's a different joke. I mean, they, their joke. Yes. Their joke is basically like whatever you type in WebMD, it means you have brain cancer or yes. some cancer, or whatever. And what my joke is is that essentially, no matter how much you scroll, yes. they will type more. And I think they're different jokes, but you know, I'll let people decide in the comments in the section. Comments. Okay, here's a, here's a joke <laughs> that I'm actually proffering, proffer, offering. There's uh, there's now when you buy a meal on Uber Eats, yeah, there is a there is an option to pay off the meal in installments. Like there's a there's like a little like separate oh. app that it will. And I'm like, if I am in a place in my life where I am, where someone could foreclose on the burrito that I had oh, funny. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I can't pay cash yeah. for my meal, it's irresponsible to let me not pay cash yeah. For, but am I punching down there too? Well, like it's a is, close call. You know, I mean, I had yeah. I immediately had tags too, which is like, um, if I have to do an arm loan for a grilled cheese, maybe this isn't the right plan. Um, but I can't eat. Is I can't, arm loan a thing? I think it is. I, I'm still paying off. I'm still paying off brunch on Tuesday uh, from from Tuesday 2020 or something like from like Tuesday December 25th 2020. Or, I don't. It did cross my mind that the economics of your joke are they yeah. they cross my mind for sure. Yeah, and you know what's funny is like I always think about with jokes. Mm -hmm. It's not like I, I'm not offended by that joke, but I always think about like how many people relate to the joke. 
Yeah. Like, not that you asked me 100%, but like, what's the, what's the human part of the joke that people relate to? I have this joke about millennials buying houses and it's had a reach beyond. Oh, it's huge. It's more, more people know me for that joke than anything else. Yeah, you have this. Quietly. Can you say the joke? It's about this, the joke is about how I, the full joke is I went to check an ATM and I had a couple thousand dollars and I thought to myself, I should buy a house. That's a little I know about being an adult, I should buy a house. And I said, How's, how is any millennial? And that joke's all, that part's always cut off in the TikTok or Comedy Central version, but right. the minute that is, that is does well on these social media sites, is like, how is any millennial ever going to buy a home? How is any young person ever going to own a home? It's made me hate old people. I see a few of you in here tonight, I hate you. Because every old person in a city like New York or LA or London or Chicago or Boston is the same because everyone's like, my house is worth $3 million, but when I bought it in 1981, I paid 11 raspberries for it. <laughs> By the way, I love that joke. Um, I was furious that Comedy Central put that on their TikTok for the millions and millions me. of people. They didn't tag you. And so what I'm going to do to make it right is I'm going to put on my TikTok and, and tag, tag you, me, and please, tag you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. But it's done well for a variety of these like stand up. Like there's something that's reposted. It's got like 10 million views on Instagram it's right massive. now, and something that keeps because it's going. So, but it's it's different. It's actually coming from a different perspective. Completely, it's economically the opposite, which is like it's just like you're talking about something that. Like essentially, no one can afford of that age. Yes, like and no one can afford to buy an apartment or a house. Yeah, or maybe the maybe the angle is that's how bad things are economically. Yeah, yeah. Where they're just like, where they're just like, uh, we just have to make sure people aren't taking advantage of like predatory right. burrito lending. Right, right. That's the more responsible version of the joke. Working It Out is brought to you in part by Liquid IV. We're thrilled to have them as a sponsor. You don't need to be an athlete to need extra hydration through your day. Sometimes you forget to drink water. So it's, it's perfect for that. It's great for me because I, I really have to stay hydrated and it's great for long travel days, which is so much of my, uh, my touring life. There's a very popular product among the staff of Working It Out. My brother Joe said, it's a great alternative to coffee in the afternoon when I want to pick me up. It's sweet, but it's only got 45 calories. It's a great thing to have in the office. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free, in bulk, nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WORKING for working it out. WORKING is the word, W-O-R-K-I-N-G at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop. Better hydration today using promo code WORKING. Working It Out is brought to you in part by Helix Mattresses. Helix is uh, our original sponsor. I want to say they were our first or second sponsor ever in the Working It Out history three years ago. Uh, it's an awesome company. They make phenomenal mattresses. The new one that we're, we, I wanted to tell you about is called the Helix Elite. They've harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers an elevated sleep experience the Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Every Helix Elite mattress comes with a 15-year manufacturer's warranty and the same 100-night trial as the rest of Helix mattresses. 
Working it out, listeners, uh, get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. For our working out listeners, go to helixsleep.com slash perbigs, promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it will not last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Can I do another Una oh, joke? Oh, please, of I'm, course. I'm trying to get these Una jokes in. Uh, I'm trying to lace some of these jokes about Una during the show because I think they're funny. Like, we were at Christmas with, at my family's house, and Una's cousins come up, and, and I go, Una, tell your cousins about how you go to school. And Una goes, I take mama and dada to school, and then I go to work. And it was her first, like, tangible joke. And oh, that's so funny. And then I go, some jokes are for you, the audience, some are for Una, and some are by Una. Which That's is a callback great. to something earlier in the show where I go, some jokes are for you and some jokes are for Una. You are always very good, though, about giving credit to other people in your life for the <laughs> jokes. Give Una that they, credit for the joke? It's almost insane amount of footnoting in Mike Birbiglia shows. Being like, Joe Birbiglia said this. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I also think it makes your fans really warm to your, like, you know, they're like, we know his family. And also, like, you get the implicit credit from just being the person standing there on stage. Where, like, the audience is like, I think he's involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a, there is an inherent smugness to mid-2000s comedy where it was like, and then I said the perfect thing that you would never, that you would oh, never say. Oh, right. And I think audiences right. are a little like, my first solo show was a lot of like me being correct sure, in, sure, in, yeah. in interactions. I had a couple of those early on, yeah. And so I had a joke that a couple of, that I, it was a line in real life I actually said and it was getting a pretty good response. And then I gave it the line to somebody else. Yeah. And it got an even better response because there's a little smugness to like, I said this thing that was clever in the moment. Sure. And so I gave it to someone else to say that was clever. Yeah. And then the audience is like, yeah, there's, he's recounting the thing instead of being like the smarmy, you what know. What was the line? I was at a book signing at McNally Jackson. And this person was, uh, and I said, and, on the hit, on the shelf, you know how like books are like da, 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 and then there's one book facing out to highlight the book. One of the books facing out was Mein Kampf, uh -huh. and God. this and I say and I preface the joke by going, one of my least favorite things is when people find a little joke and they treat it as really bad, as yeah. like really naughty. Yeah. And the person signing the book went, "I should sign that copy of Mein Kampf," and everyone's like hysterical. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's treating it like the most transgressive thing in the world. And even the bookstore ladies, like, if you sign the book, like, I won't tell anyone. Like, I'll just treat it as damage. Like, be hilarious. And like, everyone's dying over this bullshit joke. And someone pulls the book off the shelf and she signs it. XO, Love from the Bunker, Adolf. And everyone's like dying. And I'm looking around for someone to hate this with. Yeah. And I, f I find him. And as soon as I see him, I realize we're part of the same family of oh. like people. And- uh, and I preface the joke by going, if you've ever told a joke and everyone's like, we don't know where the line is, but it's back there, you and I are part of the same group of people walking the earth. I see the guy and I go, he's part of the group. And he goes, I should buy the copy of Mein Kampf. And everyone's like, why would you buy the copy of Mein Kampf, Todd? And he goes, because the pages of my copy are all like stuck together. And everyone's like, oh, we God. don't know where the line is, oh, but it's back there. And like that gets a like it's more relatable to be like 
I love someone who tells a joke that's really horrific right. in the moment than being like, and then I told this joke that was really horrific in the moment. In real life, did you tell it? In real life, I said you that. You said that. I actually said that's that. That's a completely absurd thing to say. I was so off-put. Is also, it like a masturbating on Mein Kampf <laughs> joke that you yes, told in real never, life at a bookstore? <laughs> because it was everyone Who are was, you? Everyone was- What is this? Please go. This interview is over. <laughs> I was just, you know, it was just this that everyone- truly inappropriate. This guy fucking sucks. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. <laughs> Boy, if you've, uh, if you've taken anything away from this, Mike Birbiglia has given a platform to a monster. Yeah, yeah. I've let you go too far. But you know, I will say that knowing you has made me like say worse things about myself that are unpleasant from my past and realize that it's okay. Oh. Like you said to me once, like nice. people aren't there to watch you dodge like the like emotional honesty. Oh. Remember right. you said that to me? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. To, I always think about that with my own shows, but yeah, I was relaying it to you too. But so like, by the way, there are good parts about me, but if I was up there and I was like, then I did this thing that was nice, you'd be like, well, that comedian's lost an edge a little bit, but you know, right, like, right. but I said that it was also one of the few instances where I said in the moment, also my personality until I was 27 was my currency is to say the thing. Right, right. Not a great personality type, but- uh, So my my hack for that, by the way, and people will notice this if they watch my shows, is is um. I say, I always say, I thought. Yes. Like it's a witty thing, but it's like, I, and then I thought this, as opposed to I said, because the I said is sort of like, did you? Yes. Did you say that? I used to say things. Yeah. It's I used to really say things because <laughs> I was also like, what will happen when I say the thing? Um, oh, man. By the way, Mike, the, here's my issue with I thought. Okay. Until I was 27, I never had a thought I didn't say. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Wow. I just said everything that came into my mind. There was no filter. I just said whatever I was thinking. That's worth mentioning on stage. In the moment. I well, Okay, so I have a thing in my show about um, how I hired a guy to write, a lawyer to write my will. We'll call him Will. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to add this potentially to it, which is, it's just true story. I don't have much of a punchline This for is it. maybe my favorite joke in the show, by the way. But I go, oh, but that, well, the longer version, which I won't say today, but, but, but I go, at the end of our meeting, me and Jen have a meeting with him, and he goes, <laughs> it's totally true, it's like, I don't have a joke. He says, if I die, the contract of your will gets executed by my company. And I thought, well, that never occurred to me, that the man writing my will is probably gonna die before we die. What's the point of everything? What's the point of anything? I thought, I was, I thought he was gonna live forever. Who writes Will's will? Who writes Will's will when Will doesn't have the will to continue? It's like a John Lennon haiku. I've lost the will. <laughs> the it's executor. So goofy. It's really funny. It's goofy. It doesn't have hard laughs yet, though. It's like, I think it's an interesting, like, pondering thing because I really did have this thing. I mean, this guy's going, like, and then if I, you know, when I die, the company is just like, what the? Do you think you're I somehow thought this guy was immortal. Because he writes wills. But yeah, of course. The Grim Reaper doesn't. The Grim Reaper doesn't like. <sighs> Ugh, I've got a clock out. He's part of the infrastructure of, of life and death. Yeah, he he's can't part be of the subject. Infrastructure of death. It's exactly. You woman at the DMV can't ever wait online. She's the line lady. Right. So for the guy from the guy with the wills to actually be subject to the laws of life and death, like that doesn't make sense. 
Yeah. If no. you work at the cronut store, you should never wonder what cronuts taste like. You have to, <laughs> oh man. And then I have this, which is, I get the phone call from my doctor about diabetes in the show I talk mm-hmm. about. And I go, I don't know if this is funny. But I go, I, I look at my phone, I see it's the doctor. I picked it up on the first ring. Doctors are a one ring for me. I go, dentists, voicemail. <laughs> that's a great, that's you know a great I mean? joke. I'm less likely to pick up a call f- from my dentist than I am to answer the phone when the phone literally says the word spam. So, Also, what are you going to say? Still flossing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's like spam. Yeah. And then I, this is, um, yeah, that's all I got. That's all my, I got today. Those are all my jokes. Let me do one more. My girlfriend and I now send photos of houses we would like to one day live in. Oh, well, that's nice. That are, but there's Zillow listings that we can never afford. She'll be like, look at this house, it's perfect. And I'm like, it's $10 million. Oh my God. And she was like, but it would be nice one day. Like, that's the way that like young boys probably send photos of like models to each other, be like, one day. Oh, I like that. One day I'll yeah, marry yeah, yeah. her. And like, one day I'll like, mar- but like, it's maybe it's, like when I was a kid, I remember looking at a photo of like, you know, a specific actress and be like, one day I'll marry her. And now it's like, one day I'll marry her and live in here. That's funny. I think like, I think maybe a, this is maybe like just a totally different take, but it's sure. like, it's like my girlfriend and I, you know, you know, we don't send, uh, like I don't send my girl, <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe a version of it is like, I don't send my girlfriend dick pics, but I send her um, Zillow listings yeah. where the floor plan is phallic. That's funny. It's really Maybe. funny. I don't know. That's really, that's good. I'll try and end on like one thing that I think might make both of us laugh. Sure. Um, my wife is very wise, mm-hmm. very wise person, but, but it means that when she's not wise, um, it's hard to navigate because she, she, she just assumes it's all wise, right? And so the other day she was having like a really bad day she jammed her finger in the door and we were at urgent care and we we're dealing with mildew in our apartment and just when things couldn't get any worse a dog pooped in front of the front door of our apartment building and here's the part i couldn't navigate she said someone must have done that on purpose and i was silent for a little while and then i said i i don't i don't think that's likely and then she said, it feels that way. And I closed my eyes and I thought, I hope this conversation ends soon. Oh my God. Oh my God, you're right. I thought is better than I said. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, because I, did, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't say it. Because when you think it, there are no consequences. But that's, a, that, I'm trying to ca- capture a thing about being with a partner. Like yes. literally Jen is so wise and so right so much of the time. Yes. That when her percentage is, like when you get in that 3% of wrong or 3% of incorrect, mm-hmm. it's like, there's nothing I can say. You're, you're, you're sinking threes all day. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then you, and it's an air ball and I'm supposed to pretend it's a three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also the air balls are so rare that you're like, oh my God, thank God an air ball. <laughs> Once in a while, it'd be nice to remember. It's like occasionally my girlfriend messes up and she'll be like, I'm so sorry. And I'll say, no problem. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, thank God occasionally you do this. Yeah. 
Thank God, like, like she'll forget. She forgot that the month of October existed, my girlfriend. Oh my God. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, we start. We, she's like, oh my God, it's only two months before we start shooting. And I was like, it's because she's on a television show. And she was like, oh my God, it's August. We only have like two, you know, two, two months before we start. She's like, she's like September and then November. And we're right into shooting. And I was like, and she went, what? And I went, October. And she went, one. <laughs> Oh yeah. And I went, you forgot about October. <laughs> also, she showed like she showed up 30, like, and like she does it occasionally. She'll forget October exists. So like we went to something and they're like, and, and like we knock on the door and they open this couple opens the door and she's like, and they're like, What are you doing here? And she's like, We have dinner. And they were like, exactly a month from now. It's October 19th, not September 19th. And it's September 19th right now, and you're here. And we and I was like, enjoying it so much because like I get to mess up like 10 times now because occasionally she'll remind me of something about like, remember when you thought there were 11 months in the year? The difference between you and me is that you said it and I thought, yeah. I hope this conversation ends ah. soon. We wrap up, by, uh, I donate to a nonprofit that you really like That's and right. think is doing a good job. There's this incredible Jewish orphanage called Tikva in Odessa, and they have been, you know, they've been around for a pretty long time, and they've donated, and and, and they've they've been getting orphans, not just Jewish orphans, they've been getting orphans out of Odessa, wow. um, in the southern Ukraine for a while, and their work is uh, that the work seems really important uh, to me, and different people have been. Uh, very nice about sending me the receipts that they've been doing in terms of donating for to, to Tikva, and so I would love to be consistent for once in my life, and uh, I'd love to to donate awesome. whatever to Tikva Odessa. Awesome. Well, we will link to them in the show notes. I will uh, donate, and I will encourage the folks listening to donate. And thanks for coming on, returning champion. Thank you so much for having me. You're gonna so you're gonna be at Greenwich House Theater this summer, starting in June. People can see it for six weeks. And tickets are going super duper fast. They are, thank God. So, which is so exciting. And if you think, uh, if, if you're not sure about whether you should go, just ask Steve Martin or Jerry Seinfeld or Andrea Martin or Sarah Jessica Parker. I, I could mean, list like, them all it's day. A very, it's a very, it's been, an, it's been uh, wonderful. And it's been presented by, uh, by Mike Probiglia from the podcast Working It Out. So, so please, uh, please do come and please say hi if you do because one of my favorite things is people coming up to me going, "Oh, I heard you on the podcast." And like oh. we've been, it happened after the first time like all, more than a dozen times. People would come afterwards and go, "Oh my god, I heard you on the podcast." And like we've had, I had some great conversations with people who were who were who are listeners. So thank you so we much. Gotta get, we got to get you though. We just got a working it out podcast T-shirt that just came in. What? Got to get you one. Yeah, I yeah. want one. I'm serious. Yeah. Working it out, cause it's not done. Working it out, cause there's no. That's gonna do it for another episode of Working It Out. That's Alex Edelman. You can follow Alex on Twitter or Instagram at Alex Edelman. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salomon and Joseph Berbiglia, consulting producer Seth Barish, sound mix by Kate Belinsky, as well as Ben Cruz, associate producer Mabel Lewis. Special thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They are on a major tour right now that includes 
Europe. They're going to be in London the same week I'm in London, so I'm going to be at that show. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, the poet Jay Hopestein. Our book, The New One, is in your local bookstore. We were, we were just named finalists for the Thurber Prize for American Humor in Columbus, Ohio. It was such an honor. Uh, James McBride was the, was, won the honor. It was, uh, it was such a cool, cool event. Alexandra Petrie was there, who was the other finalist. It was just such an epic experience. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created a radio fort made of pillows. Another thanks to Gary Simons, who helped us film the show, which is going to be in clips on YouTube and Instagram, so follow us on there. Thanks most of all to you who are listening to our show that is a great labor of love. Please tell your friends. Mention it to your enemies in passing. See how it goes. If they're receptive, bring it up the next time. We're working it out. We'll see you next time.